Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, uh, this episode with Sierra will be in two parts because we ended up speaking for an hour and 45 minutes. So um, here's the first bit where we talk about lots of politics and um, things like that. Cool. Enjoy. Cheers. This podcast is partnered with Downcast Apparel, tattoo-inspired, eco-friendly clothing. I actually own some Downcast Apparel clothing myself, uh, as well as some badges, and I just can't recommend them enough. You can find them on Instagram at Downcast Apparel or on their website, www.downcastapparel.com. Welcome to the Tourette's podcast. I'm Tara and I may or may not have Tourette's. In September 2020, I developed vocal and motor tics after an emotional trigger. So now I'm undergoing referrals to see what is happening in my brain. Each episode, I'll be speaking to a guest as we discuss mental health, Tourette's and everything in between. Warning, this will most likely contain swearing and discussions about sensitive topics. Um, so the first question is uh, that I ask everyone is um, who you are, what you do, and how we know each other. So okay, cool. Um, well, I'm Sierra. I work as a cake decorator in a grocery store, which is just super, super exciting. <laughs> um, and I've, 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 we met through Tumblr. It would be the glitzers, right? Yeah. Yeah. It has to be. It was, yeah. Many, many moons That ago. was like um, eight years ago. We are the OG. <laughs> we are the OG Gothers. It's so funny. I went to LA, my roommate and I did like a road trip down the West Coast two years ago now. And we went to LA, so we went to Tramp Stamp Granny's, which is her bar. Mm-hmm. And it was the coolest experience of my life. And I remember we were standing at the bar. Very not busy night. We went on like a Thursday. But... The bartender was like, how did you hear about us? And I was like, oh, I, my friends and I actually really love Mia. We're a group of people called the Glitzers. And I just felt like the stupidest <laughs> person. I was like, oh, no, that's weird. Don't be weird. Don't be weird. Because I feel like a lot of people go in there for Darren. Yeah. Which is, you know, Darren's great. But, like, I feel like he was like, oh, she's here for Mia. It was cool. It was, it's so weird to, like, look back on it now. The amount of people that I've met through Tumblr, like, one of my current roommates is somebody I met through Tumblr. Yeah. Your old and I lived with. I was gonna say your old um, was Caroline, right? Yeah, I lived with Caroline in Florida for a hot minute, and I've been to Portland where she lives now, and yeah, I've visited her a couple of times. It's so cool. The the I feel like people look at the internet and they're like, "Don't meet strangers on the internet." And I'm yeah. like, every stranger interaction I've had on the internet has been great. So yeah, hopefully that's not the way I die. Because <laughs> 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 I trust people, but you know. Yeah. I don't think that people understand how much of a support system you can have. And I feel like it, it probably honestly has to do with, like, all of us probably have certain levels of anxiety. And so it's easier to be mm-hmm. friends with people yeah. who, like, Zoom is your, your way of being friends or text messaging or, you know, online. And then yeah. we meet each other and it's fine and it's great and we love each other. Yeah. And we just have this group on Facebook and yeah. that's how we stay in touch. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to ask one of the questions that I did kind of prematurely 
think about if it kind of came up was um about how um well, actually no i'll ask that in a minute what i should probably ask first of all is uh, about your mental health and then what i was going to ask is um how you felt like that online community helped you if they did at that time okay. because um I know for me personally, when I was a lot younger, around the same time that I met you guys, um, I was very miserable, very lonely, very depressed, um, going out, getting really drunk and doing all sorts of stuff. And, you know, and then having this online kind of presence where it was a group of collective group of people um, that were, you know, in America, in Australia, in England, you know, all over the place. It was really nice to kind of come back and have that grounding which is really bizarre because obviously you know we'd never met yeah. or anything so it's like even though, but then it was still kind of like go on and i'd be like well i know they're gonna be around so we just chat shit about glitter and do write, write letters to each other and just do you know yeah. things like that so um yeah that's what i want to ask so yeah cool so uh i guess we'll talk about my mental health great um well, I have anxiety. I've been I've been diagnosed with depression and anxiety. I don't take any medication for either of them at this point. Um, I do do CBD. Mm-hmm. I've found that that helps me a lot. I carry I have a CBD pen. I carry it with me everywhere. Um, and I do like actual marijuana if I'm feeling super stressed. But that's mm-hmm. only if I don't have anything to do the next day, because it will just put me to sleep. It's really what it is. Yeah. Um. And I've it's sort of something I've come to terms with in this year specifically obviously because the world is falling apart yeah around us um that there's the possibility that I might have like a like a mania disorder mm-hmm. which is uh like there's hypermania which is like the the lesser version of all of it because it all leads essentially to bipolar disorder yeah um I don't think I necessarily have bipolar disorder but there's hypomania which is the sort of lesser version of it, and that's mostly just, um, there's there's sort of like the frenetic moods of a bipolar disorder, where sometimes I'm way, 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 way up, and then sometimes I'm way, 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 way down, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, I mean, bipolar disorder was originally called manic depression, and then they changed the name to bipolar disorder. I don't really know why. Yeah. I know that they did do that, but I don't really know why. But do you know when um, that was? When they changed? When it was? When it was, yeah. Do you remember? Was it a long time ago? or Because I, I was... I mean, it's not that long ago. I was diagnosed I mean, with manic depression, like, six, seven years ago. Yeah, it can't be that long, mostly because, like, that kind of stuff is... Always changing, sort of, isn't like, it? taboo, like, yeah. up until, like, this year and the last couple years when our generation sort of made it more normal to discuss, yeah. you know, people were, you didn't talk about how you had bipolar disorder or whatever, it was, mm. it was not okay, yeah. it's like, now it's just, it is what it is, um, and that, I, mostly with me, that is the frenetic mood changes, specifically the very high energy one, mm-hmm. I'm very, a lot of time in that very, I can do anything, but I can only do a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. and then I die. yeah and um and then I also get into the obsessive phase of it where I watch like the same movie for three weeks yeah Mm -hmm. and it's all I do Mm -hmm. I'll like listen to the movie at work 
to watch the movie when I'm at home. I'm, like, doing research about the movie. And it, it's never anything, like, that makes sense. No. It's typically Titanic, to be fully honest with you. Uh, do not blame yeah. you. Do not blame you. <laughs> it's like my is... comfort obsessive movie. Yeah. Do you reckon that is... Do you think that you go into those... Um, so, like you said, you, you watch it, you listen to it, you research it, watch interviews, do whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that you hang on... When, when that happens, do you think that is kind of like a control thing because you know what's going to happen so it kind of can kind of help with your anxiety as well so you know how it's going to end everyone dies you already know that do you know what I mean like and there's no surprises yeah. so it's kind of like a comfort thing that you can control and kind of still learn more about it so it's I don't know if that's making sense but like you know how the film ends you know how it happened in real life you know yeah. all of this stuff um do you think yeah do you think that's kind of a comfort thing that you already know the ending so you don't mind researching it and opening it up and things i feel like it probably is that's probably why like people enter those obsessive phases because they tend to obsess over things that are things that they already understand mm-hmm. or that they're already aware of because it's and i think it's just the, i feel like the obsessive phase always comes at the end of a really high energy phase like I'll spend weeks being like super productive doing this and doing that and doing that and really never honestly finishing anything mm-hmm. and then I spend weeks watching the same movie over and over again and I feel it's like it's the way of relaxing the anxiety in a way yeah. maybe yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's definitely fully a comfort thing which is probably why and being Titanic. It was Hamilton right after Hamilton came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suddenly yeah, was must... like, oh, got to do that one. Yeah, it was interesting, though, because it's... See, I'm kind of, like, a little... I'm the same. I do, you know, I rewatch TV programs to get the sense of, like, I know what's going to happen. Or, like, if I'm really sad, I'll watch, like, a really sad episode that I know is going to make me yeah. cry. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I know that. But, um, so I'm... I'm probably going to be really out myself now as a real proper weirdo. Um, but uh, I really like <laughs> watching um, like serial killer stuff. I like mm-hmm. um, yeah, I do too. documentaries, TV programs, podcasts, YouTube videos and whatever. And I feel like that's the complete opposite of what I do when I rewatch Breaking Bad or Friends or... Shit's mm-hmm. Creek or Peep Show, Misfits, whatever. Um, because, so one of my, it was called, uh, what was it? It's like a, a, a an absurd anxiety thing. Um, yeah. One of my um, anxiety points is something bad happening to me by a man. So I have reoccurring nightmares about it. I, you know, all this stuff. Um is always that I'm getting attacked by a man, and yet I'm always obsessed. Yet yeah, I'm obsessed with watching serial killer documentaries and whatever, mm-hmm. which are always men. Let's not lie. Always. Do you know what I mean? Like it's always men. Like zero point one percent are female serial killers, um, and I find that really bizarre to me. I don't know whether I kind of came to the conclusion that I think it's because I'm trying to normalize it because I was told it was irrational. Mm-hmm. Which obviously, not saying that serial killing isn't irrational, but when <laughs> yeah. I was, do you know what I mean? When I was, when I was in therapy, they told me they were like, 
you don't walk home at your own, on your own at 3am in the morning after you finish your night shift at the pub. And I'm like, no, you fucking weirdo. You do that anyway. Of course I don't. Oh, yeah. It's not, was... it's not an irrational anxiety as a woman to be scared to walk home. Thank that's you. That's the world we live in. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Yeah, literally, that's what I, I said. disagree with your therapist. Yeah, I know. I did. I did. I Literally, I had, like, this full-blown argument, like, took up, like, half an hour of my session. Um, luckily I didn't have to pay for it, but <laughs> it's all on the NHS. But, um, yeah, literally I, I said, like, you know, I was talking about this stuff and I was like, yeah, okay, some of the stuff that I do fear is irrational. I understand. Mm-hmm. But when I finish my shift at 3am at a pub, I, I, I'm not going to walk back this way. And she was like, it was a girl, it was a woman as well, sorry, a woman, which I found even more bizarre, right? But anyway, um, and I remember like she was, she, so when I... The road that I used to live on, the pub that I worked at, um, so in Brighton there's some like nice bits and then you kind of go down one street and it's a bit like, it's quite like, um, there's a lot of uh, drug using and things like that. Um, and uh, one of the streets that you could, I could cut through um, on my way home um, was like this dark alleyway type bit with like the staircase and stuff like no, 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 no. I ain't move. I'm not. I'd rather walk like the ten minutes. You know what I mean? Absolutely not. Yeah. And she was. Uh, my therapist was just like, next time you finish your shift, uh, why don't you uh, just walk that way home? I'm like, this isn't my rational fear. Fear. Like, this isn't what I no. want to come to therapy for. Like, ah, it's just no. Yeah, it's no, and that's just uh, ridiculous. A lot of misogynistic culture that we live in mm-hmm. that um a lot of people for some reason are like well i don't know why you're why you're scared to to do things. i don't go on a date while well, i'm going any dates now because it's 2020 and it's covid but <laughs> i wouldn't like before this i wouldn't go on a date if i hadn't shared my location i don't know you yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know what strangers are thinking and I, it, it doesn't help that i watch a bunch of documentaries about serial killers and I, exactly but i think that's honestly weirdly enough the most realistic part of my personality is that I am very aware that that's the kind of stuff. Like, I'm not typically rooted in reality. That's part of the disorders that I have is that I don't live in the real world. But Mm -hmm. oddly enough, the one thing that I do live in the real world for is that I'm very aware that I'm a woman and that at any moment I can be murdered. Yeah. yeah. At any moment I can be murdered. Yeah. That's the thing. That's why I I, um, was just so taken aback when she said that to me because I was just like you're basically and it, of course like I mentioned this on my last podcast with my friend Hattie where um I said that I was misdiagnosed with an eating disorder and then every mm-hmm. single time that I said you know I couldn't I felt like I couldn't say I didn't have an eating disorder because that's what people with an yeah. eating disorder say you know yeah. even though in my mind yeah whatever and I remember just thinking that with the same thing with my therapist like you know with my counselor therapist whatever being like I feel like you're telling me to go into a dangerous place. You're telling me to walk home in a dark, not well-populated area, and you're telling me that I should do that for my anxiety. I don't think that's sensible. I wouldn't advise anyone, and that's the thing. It's like, I don't think I'm being irrational here. It's like, well, you you have anxiety. Yes, I know that, but I think my anxiety is well-placed there, Mm -hmm. walking alone on my own at night. Like, it's well-placed. And basically, I was just very pissed off 
like I said, I missed yeah. I missed like half an hour of my session just being like, fuck you, bitch. Fuck you. You're wrong. Let me, t- mean, let me tell you about misogynistic culture. Huh? Rape culture. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, a, it's like almost like, um, and with, with the eating disorder thing, like it's almost like you were being gaslighted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in this idea. It's like people want to see things the way they yeah. want to see them and refuse to believe that despite that it could be a disorder, you might actively know your body better than they do. Yeah. Well, this is what I said to Hattie in the last thing. That I only, it, I said when I got diagnosed with anorexia, eating disorder, as soon as it happened, I was like, what the fuck? Like, why? Um, I was like, why have you come to this conclusion? Like, why do you think I need to go and see someone? And mm-hmm. uh, what he, which is, I look back at it now and now if this happened to me i'd be like fuck you like yeah piss off like you don't get to but at the point i was like 17 or 18 or just turned 18 and um i was wearing a guns and roses t-shirt and i was wearing tight leggings and this little blazer and i fucking rocking it looking like cool chick and uh he said that the reason why he thought uh, i had an eating disorder was because i was a little bit underweight Oh, not a little bit. I was underweight, but that was because of my depression. But he said that because yeah. I wear baggy clothes, the clothes I wear determined the fact that I had an eating disorder. One well, and two, the him automatically going there instead of saying, "Well, have you been sleeping? Have you been doing this? Have you been having these feelings?" Yeah, and automatically assuming that you would have an eating disorder is why people don't talk about eating disorders. I had an eating disorder. I was anorexic for years and it's been a long time of you know I still get days where I'm like you have to eat you have to do it and I sort of like have to force myself to think about it yeah back when I was in my early 20s it was how few calories can I put into my body every day yeah yeah that's literally what I I had to do yeah and to me it's all it's like disrespectful to people who have eating disorders mm-hmm. to assume that everything is an eating disorder mm-hmm. and then when people say no not like i eat like, yeah you know yeah that's the same because then it makes it harder for people who do have them to yeah. be able to say yeah yes i have an eating disorder exactly like obviously like over in obviously you're from america um if people mm-hmm. couldn't hear um but like you're obviously you're in america and i feel like the um the uh, system is a little bit different from here to yeah. over there. So over here, we're very fortunate to have uh, the NHS. Yeah, I, I do live in America. For people who don't know, American healthcare is garbage. We, I don't go to therapy because it's like $150 a session, and that to me doesn't make sense as yeah. to why I should have to pay for something that should be, you know. Yeah. I put tax money into it. It should it should be something I get yep. for a lot cheaper than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it really is even even going to a normal doctor sometimes feels just like well you know like we're gonna make sure that we you know we're just gonna put you on this because we feel like we need to. It sometimes just feels and a lot of that I think honestly has to do with the pharmaceutical industry, which is like a whole other thing of like big farm and how the government works with Big Farm, and of course I don't really know exactly how that works over there, but I do know over here that government officials make money off of Big Farm, which is why doctors prescribe you things and why they prescribe you certain things, and there are great movies you can watch if you want to find something to learn about those kinds of things, but it, it is almost like they 
all just want to feel like they've done something for you. Yeah. But you didn't ask for it necessarily. Like, you came in, obviously, you want to know what's wrong. But truthfully, we all want to know for real what's wrong, not your hypothesis or your, you know, medium diagnosis because you don't have time to deal with it and you're going to lunch with your friends or whatever. Yeah. It, I just feel like there's not a lot of stock, especially with mental health, put into what we say about our own bodies and about our own brains. Mm-hmm. That a lot of times for them it's, well, this is what I think, and we're just going to go with it. And then you get prescribed something that fucks with your yeah. brain chemicals and then you're worse off and yeah. then you have to wean off of it and mm-hmm. it I had I mean I had that issue with when I had migraines is that they kept giving me the wrong medication that kept giving me worse migraines it's the same concept yeah you're getting chemicals that fuck with your brain and change your chemicals in your brain and then your brain's more fucked yeah and then you go back and it's like well let's try this one yeah. I want to try this one I just want to figure out what's going on yeah yeah knowing that like you know in England and stuff it's not something that is pushed on to you whereas I feel like I don't know I mean I've never lived in America I don't know you know I don't know if it would be a whole different like my story could be a completely different over there like because it makes it like people say about America that like (laughs) gonna be racist now no um but like people (laughs) people say you know like in America you're kind of like like you said people were just given stuff mm-hmm. like, go on, oh yeah go. No. that's it god that doesn't happen here as far as i'm aware in my experience but. yeah i'm i'm impressed that a doctor would look at you and and say no let's do the and then you were like no i'm gonna we're gonna talk about why i need this thing and i'm gonna explain it to you yeah because like really truly here and again i can't speak for the experience of every american in the world but in my experience and the people that I know, every time they've gone to the doctor for something like that, specifically for something with your mental health, it's always a, well, we'll start with this drug. We'll start with this drug. Yeah. And then we'll do this one. And yeah. then we'll do that one. Yeah. And it's like, why can't we sit down, exactly determine what might need to happen, mm-hmm. and do a better job of determining which drug might work? If we're going to go with the if idea you, yeah. of Yeah, if you're going to pick the drug, you need to kind of – that's the thing. It's like it – I uh, – Sorry, I feel like I just interrupted, but I just want, like, I feel like it's a no, good, good point to say, like, um, uh, oh shit, I forgot my point. What was my point? Oh, oh my god, this happens to me every podcast. My brain just goes, okay. oh, that's it. Okay, um, so when I, again, not everyone, I'm, I'm just going to stop saying it. Obviously, I'm not speaking on behalf of everyone. My experience. We, um, we now. <laughs> just going to, that, that's the last time I'm going to say that. Um, but so when you know you go to the doctors and stuff over here, um, the first thing that they genuinely recommend is calling someone, like having counselling over the phone, or actually going to therapy and having having a talk one on one before they ever yeah. offer any drugs. They would never, you would never, as far as you would never really, in my experience, go to a doctor's and they go. Oh, you're depressed. Okay, cool. Here's a uh, hundred grams of this. Hundred grams. Hundred milligrams of. Like, can you imagine? There's like you're snorting really it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm invincible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, pretty much they give you. Um, I, I mean, again, that would just depend, especially for pain medication. But there's always like this sort of like, well, we're gonna prescribe you like thirteen days worth of it, and then you know, by the end of thirteen days, honestly, you can be addicted to something. 
down every time. If you look at it and say, this stops my pain, all you have to do is go back to them and say, I'm still in pain. Yeah. And they're going to continue to prescribe it to you. It's not, it's, it's definitely, and again, that's, but that's how they make their money. That's how corporations like this, because we don't, obviously, we don't really have the NHS, especially thanks to lovely little Cheeto. Oh, yeah. We are sort of out of the NHS loop yeah. right now, at least until <laughs> just January. Wait, just wait. You guys, you guys have got it coming good. I stayed up all night watching the election. It's fucking great. (laughs) Now that we're on the topic, um, let's go talk about how stuff like that could affect your mental health and if it affected you. You know the whole world is kind of looking. You know that everyone's kind of like, because we feel like that about Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson is basically English. I mean... He literally is. I know I know enough about your politics to be like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's also not as bad as Trump, so I think everyone's just kind of like, yeah. he can still laugh at America because... Oh, yeah, no. He's, he's like, real free. Yeah. He's free. We did, this, we did this to ourselves four years ago, and it's, it's interesting because my roommate and I, one of my roommates, I have three roommates, one of my roommates and I are like heavily into politics. We're both, you know, we voted absentee ballot this year and, like, ordered our ballots way early and we're both very into everything. We're, have, we're about to have a Senate runoff and that's a big thing for both of us. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I can't even... The month of October leading up to the election, we never cooked in the kitchen. Like, we couldn't... Like, cleaning was like, oh, somebody has to clean. Yeah, somebody's got to clean. Yeah, somebody really needs to do it. But, like, we weren't, like... I mean, we we're not going out anyways with COVID. My brain <laughs> doesn't understand time anymore. Yeah. Um, but we weren't like, it didn't feel like we were enjoying anything. We talked about it a little bit after the election was over, but not officially over. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, still technically it's not officially over, but yeah. it's closer now than it was. Um, and we were like, I just feel like there's been so much pressure that's built. Um, especially on people who vote blue because four years ago we really dropped the ball. Not, you know, not to be rude. There were a lot of people that did not vote. There were a lot of people that weren't aware that they could do things. Like, uh, four years ago we were an uneducated system, specifically on the blue side. Mm -hmm. Mostly because the blue side is a little younger. Yeah. And we're not taught how to register to vote in school. We're not taught how to make sure you know which polling place you're going to. Like, it's not something specifically in a red state. I mean, Georgia went blue for the first time since Bill Clinton. So it's been years. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't how old was I when Bill Clinton was elected? Was I alive when Bill Clinton was elected? I don't know. But when was he elected? It's a long time ago. What year was Bill Clinton elected? Was that a little good girl? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Bill Clinton was recently. The 90s? Let me have a look. Because Monica Lewinsky was in the 90s, which is, you know, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. (laughs) Yeah. But he did. It's okay. Uh, Yeah, 42nd president from 1993 to 2001. So, yeah, I was born. So, I I was one. Yeah, I was one when Bill Clinton was elected. So we went blue for the first time since I was born, essentially. Mm-hmm. So we felt a lot of pressure going into this because 
we didn't want, nobody wants four more years of Trump. I mean, obviously Trump supports four more years of Trump, but I don't honestly know if they do. No, I think, I think, I've, yeah. I've talked with a few of them, and I just feel like it's this brainwash. I kind of feel, yeah, I kind of feel, obviously, as, like, an English person, obviously, Trump supporters wouldn't want to hear from me, because stick to your own country, um, yeah, and I feel like it's the same kind of thing, it's like, people, like, people just really fucking dropped the ball, because a lot of people didn't mm-hmm. vote, and now all the people that can vote now, I mean, we had two, two votes, do you know what I mean? And they both came back as yeah out, and, and I just don't. And that like again, okay, I'm gonna bring this round now to mental health because now we're just talking about politics. Yeah, <laughs> now we're just talking about politics. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, I can do this all day. No, it's, yeah, it's fun. Um, I'm sure it's yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, in like a mental health kind of way, in in that sense, I I I remember exactly where I was when I found out we had left the EU. Um, I was at a bar with my friend Dave in the smoking area because this is back when I used to smoke and uh, I feel like I'm talking like it was 50 years ago back when I used to smoke back when I was you know, yeah. back in the day <laughs> um, no it was literally like what a year ago um, <laughs> so uh, yeah we were like in the smoking area having a fag cigarette sorry forgot you're American I got you, I got you. No, I got you. <laughs> sorry um, yeah so having a cigarette and uh I remember just like refreshing on my phone because obviously at that time like we were out having a drink and we were like each like my friend Dave's massively in politics as well and we're like both the same side and both very sort of you know left wing yeah and um yeah I remember just refreshing it and it was like you the UK have left the European Union and literally I just remember just it felt like my blood had just gone Mm-hmm. like really just like everything in me just didn't feel good for a long time after that actually for yeah. a pretty long time um but yes yeah, so but it think, is it is true completely like the i'm sure you got it when trump, the, like, when trump yeah, it, it, yeah. It's the, there's so much anxiety linked to all of it and this year especially because we've already been so anxiety fueled being stuck in our homes and people are dying and specifically in america we we're not taking care of the situation we just continue to have people die yeah and everybody be perfectly content with that mm-hmm. it it it's like this i can tell you where i was when trump won the first time i can tell you where i was when it was announced that biden was the president-elect and i sobbed like I was at work saw it on my phone had to go to the bathroom because I was like I'm about to go cry it's I'm gonna cry now I like yeah. to cry. It, but it was like this pressure mm-hmm. that I'd gotten four years ago when he was elected that had like sat on me for four years and mm-hmm. all the things that he's gonna do to us and all the things he's gonna take away it's that anxiety of I'm a woman, so he's going to take away my rights. I'm part of the LGBTQ plus community, so he's going to take away my rights. You know, it's, and... I think people don't realise that. that, Sorry to interrupt, but I I feel like it's the same as with, like, Boris Johnson. He has... The the Conservatives have voted against LGBT plus... LGBT... Yeah, LGBT plus communities. Like, they voted against all of their rights. And being a part of that as my... Like, myself, I... The government have voted against our rights to marry, our bodies' rights, our 
you know, job rights, our pay rights, whatever. Um, and I feel like that has such a great mental health effect because you are, you know, your friend, you know, you, someone tells you they voted uh, conservative, Republican, um, and you're like around the dinner table, you're like, Right. Mm -hmm. Well, you've just voted against me not being able to do. Yeah. This, this, do you know what I mean? Uh, you, voted, you voted against me as a human, and, and that's coming from my, my mother's side of the family is pretty heavily conservative, Republican, whatever you want to call them. Um, and my mother, it's mostly just something we don't really talk about. I make my opinions very known. I am very loud on Facebook. You're my friend. Yeah. I am very loud on Facebook. I am, you know, making posts about if you vote for Trump, you're voting that I don't deserve rights, that I don't deserve this, that, yeah. you know, my body is not my body. And I, I actually had a go. Point. I had a go at one of your friends on your Facebook. Yes. <laughs> one of my, one of, one of my not yeah, friends. Yeah, not friends. Um, not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, and it is, there's, there's another anxiety, and it's a huge anxiety weight on our generation and the generation underneath us. Mm -hmm. that these are people who've raised you, these are people who gave life to you, these are people who you sit at the dinner table with, mm -hmm. and you have to sit across from them and know that essentially they're telling you that you're not worth basic human rights. And for me, that, that falls into the, because um, for us it was the same, a little less than half of the country voted for Trump this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and... To me, it's, I look at it as I know that I have these issues and I have all these mental health things that are, uh, you know, a product of my upbringing, a product of the familial life I had. Not that I don't love my parents. Let's put that out there. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't love my mom and my dad. But, you know, I, they got divorced when I was young and there was definitely tension and I dealt with it because I was the one at home and I had an eating disorder because my mother essentially had an eating disorder that was brought to her by her mother, and that's, you know, that's a generational thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I look at that as I don't want the next generation to suffer. Yeah. I that's how I vote. I, yeah. I vote looking at it as I want the next generation to have more peace than I had yeah. so that the next generation after them will have more peace yeah. than they had. Yeah. That's because I want us to stop, I mean, obviously mental health, I think it's honestly gotten worse over time, but it's also gotten more spoken about over time. But so no really, research, really no... I feel like no research, has, it's been more well yeah. accepted to be spoken about, yeah. but absolutely no more research has really been done into it. Like with the transgender, it's like, it's, you know, they, they want you to call them this, they want you to, to use these pronouns, do it, it's not... It's, it's not really hard, not and hard. it is. It's yeah. a gener it's a generational gap of they don't understand what we're asking them to do, and then it's like, well, you're causing all of these mental health problems for these children who yeah. feel like they can't come out as anything. You know, I'm a bisexual, mm -hmm. and that was a hard road to get to because bisexuals are looked at as these disgusting, greedy. You know, we just all we want to have threesomes. Yeah. And we're